Hello, everyone, and welcome to Laser Focus, presented by Guy Boston Sports. Let me welcome in my wonderful co-host, Faith. Hello, I'm very excited. It's almost football season. Woo! Almost football season. Um, so, Faith, I understand we have major breaking news out of Indianapolis. Why don't you update that? Um, well, Andrew Luck has retired at the age of 29 after just seven seasons. Yes, preseason game number three. Uh, Indianapolis let that leak during the game, and Andrew Luck ended up getting booed off the field. So what is your reaction to that? That was harsh, and it, I was sad to watch. Yes, I, I agree. So I see their point that when I see why they did it. Do you blame Indianapolis or Andrew Luck more on the whole situation of him getting booed off the field? And do you think it's justified that he got booed off the field? Um, depends on who leaked it. If it was a, if it was just someone he told that he thought he could trust and he couldn't, like maybe maybe another teammate or a friend or something, that's probably his fault for telling someone. But if it was the organization, like the top of the organization... Let me just stop you right there because... Um, Adam Schefter is not going with this story unless Jim Ursay uh, uh, says that he is retiring. There's no way he's texting Jacoby Brissett and conf independently confirming that story. You there is no. I think the the owner or the GM has to be his source in that so, in that case. So in that case, then I would blame the Colts. Okay, organization I I think that they did blame the Colts. Now I I do think that there's a little bit of blame to be laid where. Um, he retired game at game three of the preseason. I think you're kind of, you know, leaving the fans, leaving the team out to dry. However, there was a interesting article by Mike Florio that suggested that the Colts owner wanted Andrew Luck to prolong the decision for as long as possible. Um, if, I, if the Colts did that, that would just be... That's completely on ownership. That's not good for their organization and their team. That's That would be putting a damper on their success that they were going to have this season if they were just doing that and then have him retire in the end yeah. of it. So. Um, another thing I want to get to with the Andrew Luck story is, you know, the, the injury history, obviously, um, let me pull it up here. The injury history is in his six seasons, he had a torn, he had torn cartilage in two ribs, partially torn ab abdomen, a lacerated kidney that left him peeing blood, uh, at least one concussion, and that's from a uh, Indianapolis Colts reporter. A torn labrum in his throwing shoulder, which kept him out, I believe, a whole season. Um, and the mysterious calf and ankle issue, which led to I don't know if we talked about it, but it was it ended up there was a risk of calcification in the bone, and essentially that turns muscle was into. Was this confirmed though? Yes. I thought this was just like a possible thing. Okay, it's. It's a possible thing, but it's it's been confirmed by uh, by many reporters that okay. basically muscle um, turns into a bonish like substance, and through all that recovery, I do want to talk about. He did talk a little bit about the mental health. Um, yeah, issues. I think that's a big part of it because I know that obviously these are pretty harsh things to deal with and have to do rehab with, but it's just because he's retiring that we're talking about this. Every NFL player has a long list of injuries that they go yes, through. Yes, but the real question at this point, and I think Gronk shed light on this too, um, does all do all players go through this? Is this is this a um, you know is this a single thing, or do all players go through this? And if so, how bad is it? Yeah, all um, players go through this, but like for Gronk and Andrew Luck, they have pretty similar situations. They lost their love for the game because. They didn't want to. They didn't want to keep pushing through these injuries. I'm 
as Gronk said, it's possible for him to play right now physically. But we're we're talking about like depression that these these no, guys are going exactly, through. Exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying all of them deal with this, but clearly some of them are much more mentally affected by it. Do I you, think there are obviously some that aren't as mentally affected by it because their love for the game overpowers it so much. I, I think also part of it has to do with the fact that Andrew Luck had so many injuries. I mean, torn abdomen, lacerated kidney, concussion, torn labrum in the shoulder, and then this weird calf or ankle issue. Yeah. That, um, those are not small issues. I forgot to mention that time, the, the torn cartilage in the ribs. Once so, again, though, I just think that other NFL players suffer long list of injuries just like him. It's just not all over Twitter because they aren't retiring. Yeah, so. I, I disagree, though. I think that this injury list is, is worse, and I, I think it could have led to more more issues. Just to wrap this up, though, Jacoby Brissett, former Patriots third string, and uh, did start a game for the Patriots and won against Houston, um, is the Colts starter now. So I, I fully expect him to be good. I, I don't, obviously, I mean, I don't know the Colts are going to, you know, win the Super Bowl anymore, but... Um, I, I, I expect Jacoby Brissett to do well and, you know, wish him the best of luck. Faith, final thoughts on Andrew Luck? Um, it's unfortunate that his career is ending this soon, but I'm excited to watch Jacoby Brissett this year. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Patriots preseason game three, the dress rehearsal, which was against the Carolina Panthers. The Patriots won 10 to three. Um, so for the first time this season, we got to see Tom Brady play. Tom Brady, um, played for three or four drives. Um, went 8 for 12 with 75 yards and those three rush yards, which, again, makes me very uncomfortable every time he runs. Um, so here are the following receivers that he threw to. Wait, let me just say, that run was pretty sweet to watch. I was a little bit excited it, watching it, it's, the run. It's sweet to watch the scramble, but I don't want to see my 42-year-old quarterback running. I don't either. It, it I concerns don't. <laughs> me. There could be linebackers. There could be, there could be you know, anyone hitting. I, I don't want him to take any contact. Okay, okay. That's, that's why left tackle concerns me. Anyway. Tom Brady, 8 for 12, 75 yards, and those three rush yards. Uh, so Philip Dorsett went 4 for 4, and Philip Dorsett really was the only one who looked to be, you know, on with Tom Brady. Jacoby Myers, who we were very high on last week, was 0 for 3. We're going to get to him in a minute. Benjamin Watson went 1 for 2. Uh, not a huge concern. Uh, the second pass that he missed, he got hurt on the play. Dirty, dirty hit by Eric Reed. Um, Rex Burkhead, 2 for 2. Very happy with his uh, pass game. Ryan Izzo, just that that laser that set up the touchdown went one for one, but that, that was, was that was a sexy sexy throw. That was awesome and a great catching route by Izzo as well. So, I, um, I think that who was out there with Brady, they were they were fine. Every, everyone looked okay. Besides, they, they were not fine, but that's well, who he had. They were fine, but obviously there was problems with Myers and him. But we'll get to that. He didn't have his. Likely wide receiver starters, though, so that gives me a little less worry with... Which which are Edelman, uh, we, we believe, hopefully, the most unreliable yeah. player in all of professional sports, Josh Gordon. Demarius Thomas. And hopefully, so, Nikhil Harry. So, there's Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, Nikhil Harry, and Julian Edelman were not out on the field with Brady. And so, when you say that he only had 75 passing yards, it's like, well, okay, he didn't have the people that are going to be out there with him when the season yeah. starts, so that... Gives not me bad. not much to worry about. So Faith, we're a little disappointed we didn't see Julian Edelman. I mean, obviously we think he's going to perform. Uh, there was that just that slight thumb injury, but yeah, I mean, broken thumb. I don't. I don't think it's really worth it to put him out there. 
Okay. After he's recovering from okay. the injury, just let him rest it up before the yeah. season. As, as a fan, it was a little disappointing for, for me not to see him, but I, I completely understand. But And uh, him yeah. and Brady have plenty of him practice and Brady time have, together. Him and Brady have plenty of practice time, I agree. Yeah. Uh, let's move on a little bit to Jacoby Myers. Uh, obviously, I just said it a minute ago, Jacoby Myers 0 for 3. So the first... The he, first yeah, he was not connecting. Yeah, why don't you tell us about he that? He was not connecting with Brady. Um, he... He got thrown a pass by Brady. Uh, really looked like a good pass from Brady, but I don't think it was what was called. I don't think it was the play called. I think that what Brady was going to throw wasn't available, so then he looked to Myers. And Myers was double-covered and kind of scared away from the coverage, kind of started slowing down, I guess, mid-route. Stop mid-route, which you cannot do. You, you're playing for the greatest of all time. He's expecting a lot of you. You can't stop mid-route. You have to run through... And I would hope that they would have gone over this in practice this week. So hopefully this doesn't happen again. He, he uh, even if he couldn't run through, because double coverage, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't run through. Maybe this obviously isn't at his experience level can't right now. Can't stop running, but, though. Well, you, you try to draw a penalty, which he probably isn't aware of at his experience level right now. So You still can't stop running mid-route. Okay. Pe- moving on from that. Um, he... Then didn't catch a pass from Brady. His hands were behind the defensive back that was covering at the, him mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, he's got to just learn from experience with starting defensive backs are going to be a lot tougher than yeah. probably some of the people he's played in college. You have to get your hands in front of that so you can catch the ball. And they, they did say on the TV broadcast that Tom Brady was a little bit late with the throw. Specifically, Scott Zolak said that Tom Brady was a little bit late with the throw. So... I trust Scott Zolak's opinion. Now, uh, let's talk about Jacoby Myers' probably worst moment was that holding call on the Sony Michelle 30-yard run. Um, that was a little disappointing to watch. Yeah. But once again, these these three points we're going over right now is just, you know, he was out there with the first team, so I think he was a little bit probably nervous, I guess. I know it's he's in the NFL and he shouldn't be... Well, it's his, should, fir- it's his yeah. first time with starters. Yeah, exactly. It's his first time and with, you know, real NFL players. Yeah. He's allowed to, but it he's can't happen again. He's obviously a little bit inexperienced, so I don't want to take these as huge red flags. Just want to go over what did happen with him and Brady. So Yeah, and I mean, he did look good with Jared Stidham, who we're going to get to in a little bit. Yeah, but, so um, I'm not too worried about yeah, him. Yeah, no, he. it's a little concerning at this point that he's he has more rhythm with the practice squad than, you know, the starting quarterback, but hopefully that, that hopefully that'll get better. Faith, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, Sony Michelle? Sony Michelle looked great. He mm-hmm. his cuts look good because I know he's having the knee issue, mm-hmm. or he had the knee issue, but his cuts are looked good. His he was running. He looked like he was he was breaking tackles. He looked really good. I was really impressed with him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, someone who we haven't talked about yet is Damian Harris. I don't know if he played with Tom Brady. I don't believe he did, but I actually believe that because Sony Michelle has these reoccurring knee issues. That's one of the reasons that they drafted Damian Harris. And I think by the end of the season, Damian Harris will have more touches than Sony Michelle. What do you think about that? I have a bit of a different take. My opinion is Sony Michelle was a bit disappointing on the short yardage last year. We wasn't great running he, the ball. He's a power running back, so he short yardage is not his thing. He wasn't great on the third and one, fourth and one. He just wasn't great with that. Damian Harris is a power back. That guy can run. Like... He's very strong and he looks he looks really powerful out there. So I think that we got him for short yardage situations and then to add more depth because 
as Tom Brady's getting older, you just, at this point, um, you never really know how the receivers are going to play out because, once again, one of the most unreliable <laughs> players, Josh Gordon, which we don't know how long we're going to have him. Obviously, Demarius Thomas is coming off of an injury, so I just think that he's just there to add more depth. and. Yeah, he's he's obviously there to add more depth. I think that he's going to end up with with a lot more on his plate, specifically towards the end of the season. You know, obviously, Sony Michelle's knee health is a huge issue. That's why they drafted this kid. Um, and, and I mean, Bill Bill Belichick really likes him. He's been playing a lot. That's so, a that's a, that's a big take. I think. I, Sony... I, I think I think that you know it could happen. Okay. Um, now let's talk about the real problem spot on this offense: the tight ends. I. I disagree with you. How do you disagree with these with this tight ends? Let's talk a little bit about what they did, but let's talk about the tight ends after. They, um, we saw Ben Watson and Ryan Izzo mostly. Um, Izzo had an amazing catch. Yes, that was a good they, throw by Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, no, he ran a great route. That Fine. is a hard Fine. route to run. Fine. That route he ran, that is like a big man route. That is a... That is a big play. That was really amazing to watch. So I was really impressed with that. Watson and him were both getting great blocks in. Watson, the catch that Watson did have looked good. And you know what? We had Gronk. We lost Gronk and everyone's like, oh my gosh. But besides us, you can. there's 32 teams in the NFL. You can say, all right, let's see. Um, Zach Ertz in the Eagles, Travis Kelsey in the Chiefs. George Kittle in San Francisco and Eric Ebron in the Colts. That's those are four teams that have huge, huge receivers or tight ends. They're tight can, ends you just listed off. Well yeah. well no, but they're they're receiving they're yes. receiving tight okay. ends. So you say that Ben Watson is just you know Well you just, didn't let me finish my point. I'm sorry, continue. So those are four teams out of the thirty two that have tight ends that can catch the ball and can block great. Both things that they can do great. Only four teams out of 32. So we're not far behind the rest of the NFL with the tight ends we have. We have Ben Watson, who's really actually good. And then Ryan Izzo is showing some promise. So I am impressed that they don't look awful. They're not grunk, but they look fine. Okay, so they don't look awful. And that's a quote that I'm going to go back to. But let me just read you. This is SB Nation's top 20 tight ends for 2019. So let me just read you down this list, and you tell me where you think Ben Watson should be, okay? So number one, Travis Kelsey. Number two, George Kittle. Number three, Zach Ertz. Number four, Hunter Henry. Just stop me whenever you want to. Number five, Evan Ingram. Number six, David Njoku. Number seven, OJ Howard, which obviously leaves Cam Bright in Tampa Bay available. Um, a lot of people are speculating that the Patriots should be trading. Um, I... I completely disagree with this list, so I don't even okay. know why. So, so Jared Cook is someone that they shouldn't have signed? Because he was available. Kyle Rudolph is someone they shouldn't have tried to trade for. Jack Doyle you wouldn't take. You wouldn't take Vance McDonald, Delaney Walker, Greg Olson, Eric Ebron, Dallas Goddard, Jordan Reed out in Washington, Austin Hooper. You wouldn't take any of these guys? Probably, let's go up a little bit. Okay, let's just start off at... Let's start off at Evan Ingram. I'm literally going to five or six. Evan Ingram or David Njoku. Probably them all the way down to whoever's at... Who's the last one? Chris Herndon. Probably all of them. I've never heard of that guy, honestly. Me neither. Probably 
literally 6 to 20 are probably all at a similar level. So I Oh, I you think Greg Olson is better is not as good as you think that Ben Watson is better than Greg Olson? I think Greg Olson is better Vance than Vance McDonald? Do you think Vance McDonald is worse than Ben Watson? Seriously? Ben Watson is a great Okay. Tight end. He's just old, but He's, you don't know what's going to happen. You, they look you good. don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just saying there are better tight ends in the league available. You can't say... They're not available, though. Well, d- we did the best we could, and I'm impressed with what we got. Jared Cook was available, and Cam Brate, who Jared is O.J. Howard's backup, is available, we think. He's not. That's He's not available for a trade. You should be no, able to trade for Cam Brate. that was Brate. a prediction. That was a prediction. You should be able to try to make that trade happen. We don't need it, though. We need a tight end. We do need a no, tight end. No, we don't. You have Ben Watson, who's out for the first four games. We just traded for someone from the Falcons. We just traded for that Eric guy. Eric Sober? Yes. Sober, I think, but Sober, anyway. okay. Yeah, because, you know, former Falcons tight end is really going to save the day here. Okay, Jared Cook, that's not our fault. Jared Cook. If Gronk, if Gronk had retired earlier, okay, the Patriots... Okay, so that's not the Patriots' fault. That's not the Patriots' fault, but I'm just saying, you didn't draft a single tight end. You drafted a... You traded up to draft a... Because we got Ben Watson and Ryan Nizzo. We drafted last year. Looks good. And this is... Okay, well, we'll see how this goes, but I, I, I do not think that this is going to go well. I think that they need to do some more work on tight end. I hope it goes well, but... Uh, I we'll, think we'll see how it goes. I'm impressed, so and I'm glad let's, with what they got. Let's move on to Isaiah Wynn, who who look um, looks pretty good at left tackle. It was he the looked, first. He it, was the, it was the first time we saw him play with Tom Brady. Um, so Faith, what did you see out of Isaiah Wynn? Oh, he looked awesome. I'm okay. I'm impressed with him, and I think uh, I think he's gonna fill the void of Trent, Big Trent, pretty well. Yep. So yeah, Big Trent Brown. Um, he he did get beaten once or twice. So that's an area of concern, but, you know, we'll see. Well, every uh, offensive lineman's going to get beaten yeah. one point in a game. So, I think he looked good. So let's talk about this real strength of this team. And I you know it's kind of crazy to talk about, you know, the defense being a strength of a Tom Brady-led offense. But, I mean, first of all... Well, I wa- we've had years with great defense. I, I want to talk so. about this defensive line because they are getting pressure. Uh, I think they look better than the secondary, although the secondary really doesn't even look bad. I Faith, you're an offensive coordinator. How do you how do you game plan against this defense? Well, you sure as hell don't run against them. And what do you, you pass against Devin well, McCourt? You you try to get mismatched. Mis, I'm sorry. You try to get mismatches, and maybe you put a really fast re- receiver with a try to get him against a slow corner. I don't know. You just you try to get mismatches in the pass game, and I think it's going to be really hard to run against us. But I guess if you get if you get the right combinations on who, on the coverage, I guess you'll you'll be okay with the pass game. But I don't think you're going to be able to run on us very well this season. So so essentially, you say you want to um, you want to outsmart Bill Belichick's kid and Gerard Mayo, Stephen Belichick, who are running the defense. Because <laughs> that's that's good. It's just it makes me question, and I mean, I want to know what Mike Tomlin's going to do opening night against against this defense. Because I don't know. Um, now, Faith, let's talk about Jake Bailey, the newly crowned punter in New England. And again, this is not something that we normally talk about. But in New England, we talk about the punter yeah, a lot. Yeah, we, we covered him in the last episode, how, how good he looks. So we know he has solid punting, looks good on the um, the kickoffs. So he he's impressive. But uh, yeah, I mean, that he, ball was... I watched him in this specific game cause just because he, he looked good and the ball stayed up there a long time. I don't, yeah. I don't know how else you can judge a but, punter. Um, 
Why don't you talk about the field goal, though? Yeah. So, ball was snapped to him, and he he put the laces facing the kicker. Mm-hmm. Big rookie mistake. I mean, you'd think that someone that went to the school he did would know not to do that, but you know what? Clearly, he he made a mistake, which... Is that an insult towards Stanford? <laughs> no, I think someone who went to Stanford should know, should know how to hold the yeah. ball, but you never have the laces facing a kicker that's mm-hmm. going to mess up the kick, so that was... That was the cause of the missed field goal by mm-hmm. Steven Goskowski, so that was a little disappointing to watch. And, and let me just say, we are a tough fan base to please, and this is all forgiven in the preseason. <laughs> if you do this and we lose a game or a playoff game, there's going to be hell to pay from I, our fan base. <laughs> this is not an easy place to play. I would, uh, I would hope this isn't a mistake he'd make more yes, than once. Yes, yes, me but, too. Um, so Jared Stidham comes in after Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, Which was very telling because Brian Hoyer did not play a snap, but yeah. Jared Stidham came in and appeared to be the QB too. So it did look like the that. The real question is, does Brian Hoyer make this team? What do you think, Faith? You know what? I think that he is of a lot of value to this team, and I think Brady leans on him a lot for a lot of advice and has him do a lot of film watching for him. Brian even Hoyer though, you're speaking about. Yes. Yeah, I okay. think that obviously Brady does a ton of film watching, but... There was a lot of reports Hoyer had a big part in getting that defense ready for the Super Bowl. And mm-hmm. you know what? Stidham could do the same thing. We're not really sure yet. So at this point, it's kind of an unknown. I guess if they if they do end up cutting Hoyer, like that, I don't even, I don't really know if I could say that Hoyer deserves that. I don't really think he does. But clearly there's a reason. And I don't think Bill Belichick would make a mistake in, like, I think that if he they cut him, they'd have faith that Jared Stidham could do similar things that Hoyer did. So yeah, I, I mean, I just have faith that the Patriots will make the right decision. I I don't disagree with you. I have some different points. I mean, all of what you just said, I heard Scott Zolak say that you know uh, Brian Hoyer ran the scout team and helped them win a Super Bowl last year, and Scott Zolak seems to think that they're going to remember that. So I don't know that they're going to cut Hoyer, although I do think he deserves to be cut if Jared Stidham is is the the player that we think he is. But I think that they're going to remember all that Hoyer has done for them. He's really been a team player. Um, I, I think it's really, really hit or miss. I don't really know that Bill Belichick can go wrong here, whether Hoyer makes the team or he doesn't. I don't know. But Faith, final thoughts on Game 3? Um. Yeah, they look good. We obviously, we, we didn't see a couple of the starters as in the wide receivers we mentioned, but defense looked really good once again. And I'm excited to see them play against the Steelers next Sunday. Yeah, defense looked good, and um, I'm excited to see Tom Brady play with his actual receivers because we need to see that. So after preseason game three, we had some uh, news on David Andrews and... Um, it does, It seems like he's going to, at minimum, miss some significant time with a blood clot in the lung. Yeah, he was hospitalized with blood clots. So I think it was multiple in his yes, lungs. Yes, blood clots in the lung. He has been released, but it was reported that he's probably going to miss the 2019 season. Yeah, significant time or the 2019 season. So uh, obviously this is a loss, but it's a Dante Scarnecchia uh, offensive line. Yeah, obviously and, he's um, the offensive line coach. Ted Karras has been in the system for a couple years now, mm-hmm. and I have... I have faith in him that he'll be he'll be able to fill the void. I mean, David Andrews is great, but I think with uh, Skarnekia, um, I think we'll be okay with Ka- yeah. with Karras for this so, season. So not so. not a huge loss, but um, you know, good guy. He's always always seems like a, a great person in interviews. So certainly a locker room leader loss. So yeah, losing a team yeah. captain. Okay. So. 
Okay, and then yesterday we got uh, Gronk's announcement. So he's working with a cannabis company now, a CBD oil company now, to get per, to get um, major sports leagues to approve CBD oil as a form of recovery. Yeah, and he, he claims that he's never felt this good yeah. in the past decade. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had some insight into his retirement, which we talked about earlier how it was similar to Andrew Luck's in the, the way mental that it's health, mental yeah. health. And uh, so we got some insight on that. We did also get a glimpse at his um, previews of what coming back would look like. If he did. You, and, s- you see him coming back? Um, I, like, honestly, I see it maybe like a 55% chance, honestly. I, I see him coming back when, they appro- when the NFL approves CBD oil. I see him coming back. It's probably not going to be this year, unfortunately, although... November rolls around and Tom Brady calls you. Are you really going to say no to that? You know, I, I just have a, like, I don't see him playing without Tom, honestly. Yeah. Uh, if, if Tom so, Brady retires, Gronk is done as well. Yeah. So there's also, there's that to think about. So I say 55% chance because the 50% is like, or well, I'm sorry, the 45% I can see, I really can see him not coming back. Mm-hmm. But with what he said, I... I can definitely see the scenario where he would come back, but I'm only saying 55% because there's a lot of unknown. Yeah, I mean, if anything, this conference, this press conference gave me a little bit less hope that he was going to come back, but I, I still think he might if CBD oil is um, is approved by the NFL. Yeah, it, honestly, it gave me more, honestly, because he's acknowledging the fact that at some point he could feel like yes. the passion to but, come back. But you have to get off CBD oil to come back to the NFL that's, currently. Yeah, that's true. And he he really, you know, he he had emotion and he seemed a little a little scared about how he was with the injuries and again going back to the Andrew Luck thing. Uh this is two very high profile guys coming out in the last 2 days to talk about depression that they've had. So I I think that that's really a story that we're going to follow throughout the whole season. Yeah, I agree. Now let's get into our NFL division preview. We're going to go through each division in the AFC and each division in the NFC. Faith, let's start with the AFC East, which consists of the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins, the Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, and the New York Jets. So who do you have winning this division? So this is going to be a big shocker. I bet it is. But I have the Patriots winning this division. Mm -hmm. Um, So just a couple quick thoughts. Uh, The Bills, I think that Josh Allen has... Great talent, and I think that they could be good in the next five five years. I see them at some point in the next five years getting to have a decent season. Picking this year, yeah. Um, I just don't think it's going to be this year. Um, but I see them having a bright future ahead of them. Josh Allen looks like he could be really good. Uh, Dolphins are clearly doing a free uh, a full rebuild, and I don't really have much faith in them this year. They're trying to get rid of their good players. They've lost. Danny Amendola in the offseason. They obviously, they got rid of their quarterbacks. They brought in Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know Fitzpatrick isn't a permanent thing, but I just don't see them being in playoff contention this year. Um, the Jets, I think they are going to be decent. I think Sam Sam Darnold is promising, and they have a big backfield weapon in Le'Veon Bell who they got in the offseason, so... I think that they could be decent, but I obviously don't see them winning the division. And the Patriots' defense and offense went through decent changes that are looking to 
be even better than last year. So that's why I have them winning the division. Yeah, I mean, I have the Patriots winning too. Just just to go over my notes in Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen obviously still a work in progress. Their defense might be good, but essentially they're not a playoff contender. Uh, Miami Dolphins, the first bullet point I have in my notes is trash on grass. I mean, they play on grass and they're going to be awful. Uh, Brian Flores, former Patriots um, defensive coordinator, he's really inheriting a mess. So we'll see how that goes. I am curious to know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Is it going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick? Is it going to be Josh Rosen? I don't think that Josh Rosen is going to start week one, but I can't imagine you'd have Ryan Fitzpatrick out there too long. The Patriots, uh, they're obviously a Super Bowl contender. Um, We've talked a lot about that defense, that offense. We've talked a lot about them. The New York Jets, they're an up-and-coming team with Sam Darnold. Um, It should be interesting to watch Le'Veon Bell play, and they're potentially a wild-card team. So, Faith, let's move to the AFC North, which is the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So tell us about that division. I have the Steelers winning, but it's extremely close between the Ravens and the Steelers for me. The Ravens really look good to me with Lamar Jackson. He's been working on his throwing mechanics, and they got Hollywood Brown in the draft, who could be a really good talent for them. They also acquired Mark Ingram in the offseason, which is a great ad. So they're looking good, but I picked the Steelers over them because the Steelers have Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner filling the spots of Le'Veon Bell and A.B., which I think they are both in perfect spots to step up. A.B. being Antonio Brown. Yes. Yes. And the Browns are promising, but I just don't have enough faith in them to pick them as a contender because of their past but I won't be surprised if they are a decent team I I actually think they will be a decent team I just can't pick them to win the division the Bengals are kind of I can't pick them Andy Dalton isn't anything special and they don't have many deep skill positions um so I picked the Steelers for the AFC North okay I I agree and really it was difficult for me to even pick a division winner here because I'd like to see all these teams miss the playoffs. I can tell you exactly why all these teams are going to miss the playoffs. Um, Baltimore, you know, Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback, but he gives me no confidence in that team that he can, you know, actually mount a passing attack. Yeah, they do have Hollywood Brown, Antonio Brown's cousin, but uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't shown any competency to pass. The Cincinnati Bengals, you know, again... You know, Andy Dalton is nothing special. I think A.J. Green's going to get traded because they're they're just a tragedy on turf. Uh, moving on to the Cleveland Browns, a lot of people expect a lot from them. I expect them to be good at the beginning of the season, but their new head coach, Freddie, Kitchen, Freddie Kitchens, um, has no NFL head coaching experience. Baker Mayfield, starting quarterback, is extremely cocky. I don't like that in my quarterbacks. Oda Beckham Jr. is a diva receiver, and... The team is functioning like the 2018-19 Celtics where they act like they've won something and they haven't. So we saw what happened with the Celtics, obviously. Faith, I know you're still bitter about that, but, (laughs) you know, not great, not great. Um, Colin Coward also compared them to a frat house, which is just fun in September, but not fun in January. Now moving on to Pittsburgh, who, yeah, I had them as a division winner, but let me just say, Mike Tomlin is a moron and deserves to be fired. He has no discipline on that team, and Juju Smith-Schuster is the new number one wide receiver. And if you watched any Steelers game last season, you know it is a staple of that offense for Ben Roethlisberger to come under any sort of pressure and chuck it 50 (laughs) yards, and occasionally Antonio Brown caught those, so... That Juju needs to catch a couple of those balls to be able to make that offense function. Okay, 
So let's move on to the AFC South, which consists of Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. Now, I'd imagine, Faith, that the Indiana- the news out of Indianapolis has changed your opinions, but let's yeah. find out. So I originally had the Colts winning this division, which I've now changed to the Texans. Um, the Texans are a big win for me in this division. Uh, they obviously had a loss with Lamar Miller getting an injury, but I have faith in Duke Johnson, who they got over the offseason, then he'll be a good replacement. Um, and they just don't have a lot of competition at this point. The the, the Jaguars, they have um, they have Nick Foles, but they don't really have any weapons, to be honest, surrounding him. And besides Jalen Ramsey, the defense isn't anything special either. The Colts, we've obviously covered the uh, Andrew. Andrew Luck situation a lot, but... I just so I just don't see them being in playoff contention right now. I believe Jacoby Brissett can get there eventually. I just don't see it happening this year. And then the Titans are not going to be in the playoffs. I really don't see it happening. I really don't even see them getting a wild card. They they just there's dysfunction with the quarterbacks already. They don't they're trying to pick a starter. They still don't really know. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill and Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it doesn't. Woo-hoo. It's just not looking good for me right there. Yeah. So that's why I have the Texans winning. Um, yeah, I, I also have the Texans winning, but I, I just see this as a division. I mean, I, I just go through every team in this division. Bill O'Brien has never really had playoff success. Can't win against Bill Belichick. The Colts, uh, they haven't had playoff success. Um, they, they lost to uh, Kansas City last year. Jacksonville, Doug Marone, I mean, he had that one fluky season, but, you know, no. You know Nick Foles is their quarterback. I don't. I don't see anything special. And you know Mike Vrabel still needs to find a quarterback. And again, Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. How could you have two horrible quarterbacks to choose from? Vic, you'd think one of them would be a decent option, but I would I mean, think so. There's yeah. obviously some injury issues with Marcus Mariota as well. So he's never been a great quarterback either. Okay, let's move on to the AFC West. Uh, which consists of the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, the L.A. Chargers, and the Oakland Raiders. And before you put your thoughts in, let's just agree that this is the most competitive division in the AFC, if not the entire NFL. I would say so, but that being said, I have the Chiefs clear-cut winning division. Um, Denver Broncos. I have decent expectations for them. I think Philip Lindsay was a standout last year. They have Emmanuel Sanders coming off an injury. Um, they have great linebackers, uh, and it would be nice to see Joe Flacco do well, but I don't see them winning, especially in a division with one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL, that being the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs are obviously the clear winners. Pat, Patrick Mahomes, I don't think will be, um, as good as last year. I think he'll, he'll just be a little bit easier to slow down after a season of film, but they still have the weapons around him. So the only big loss they had was D Ford. So I think that will, I think they'll still win. And the Chargers will obviously be probably their biggest competition in the division. They should be similar as to what they were last year. But Derwin James is missing time with an injury. And they're predicted to be without Melvin Gordon. So that's why I have the Chiefs winning over them. And then the Raiders got a B. But it's hard to see someone like him taking them all the way. Just 
There's already clear dysfunction. Like, so it's, it's an all-around disaster. I, let's, I just let's be. I can't take them seriously yeah. in this hard of a division. Yeah. So before I get to my uh, my pick, it, it you know I'll just start with the Oakland Raiders. They're an all-around disaster. I, I mean I haven't even watched Hard Knocks in its entirety, but it's it just seems like a joke. Um, so I do have Kansas City winning this division, um, and we'll get to my grievances with them in a minute. But let's start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, Joe Flacco was their new quarterback, and I can't forget about what Joe Flacco did to the Patriots in that AFC Championship. There are two quarterbacks to beat Tom Brady at home in a playoff game, and it's Mark Sanchez, which still just should be sickening to everyone on earth, and Joe Flacco. And that was a painful loss, so don't count him out ever. I I see Denver as a potential wild card if they can get it together. That defense looks good. They still have Von Miller. The Kansas City Chiefs, okay. Anyone who knows me knows that, you know, I am... um, I'm not, you know, big on Andy Reid. Andy Reid's decision-making as a whole concerns me, but they have a good overall team. But again, Andy Reid's decision-making really concerns me. Um, the LA Chargers are probably a good team, potentially a wild-card team, but I, I think there's a chance that they have, like, a fluky season or that last year was a fluke and that they're not going to be good. Again, the Oakland Raiders just suck. Okay, so let's move on to the NFC Let's start with the NFC East, which consists of the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington Redskins. So, Faith, who do you have winning that division? So, I this is hard for me to say because I do have a vendetta against the Eagles after them beating us in the Super Bowl, but... Trash city. <laughs> it was a tragedy, but I have the Eagles winning the division. Um, the Cowboys... I don't really have much faith in them right now because of their contract problems. I don't really know anything about if Zeke is even going to be there for game one. It's just hard for me to pick as, them. As of now, he will not. So, yeah, it's just hard for me to pick them when there's so many unknowns. Their wide receivers have potential, but they've yet to become big stars, and their their defense is good. I just don't see them winning the division right now with what's going on there. Uh, the Giants, Eli's going to be... Clearly, they're saying he's going to start, and I he's obviously on the decline, and they lost OBJ, and they lost multiple defensive weapons, so I just don't see them being a serious threat in the NFC. And the Redskins, they have Case Keenum in his first year with a new system, so I don't know how that's going to go for him, and he doesn't really have any solid weapons around him. They did get Landon Collins from the Giants in the offseason, they have Josh Norman, so those are really good players on the defensive end, but... They've just been unlucky with wide receivers in the past couple of years, and they they don't have a bad running back group, but it's just hard to see them winning in this division when they're they just their offense is a big unknown as well. I have the Eagles winning because, you know, the Eagles they're having Wentz come back fully healthy. They have a good running back group. Um, I believe their wide receivers are highly unrated. I think Nelson Aguilar is awesome. Um, and it seems if after their Super Bowl win, they just like had this fire and they looked like fighters for most of last season. So without huge competition, I could see them taking this one. Yeah, I mean, it is painful for me to pick Philadelphia, but uh, and I really wanted to pick Dallas, but I can't pick Dallas. So I, I did pick Philadelphia, but it, it does. It, it gives me chest pains to pick Philadelphia. <laughs> um, and the reasoning is, is because I can't I wanted to pick Dallas. I can't because Zeke is a huge distraction. Dak Prescott still doesn't have a contract. And Jerry Jones is out there running his mouth and not saying the right things. This organization as a whole is all around dysfunctional. And I can't see them winning this division. I don't think anyone's repeated winning this division in like the last 15 years or something. The New York Giants. Uh, I expect them to be bad. 
Um, it's, it's a matter of, you know, when will Eli be benched for Daniel Jones? Uh, I say week six. Uh, we'll see. Uh, on the Eagles, my major concern with them is Carson Wentz's injury history. I know he's healthy this year, but I don't know if he's ever made it through a full season. He always seems to be nursing an injury. And the Washington Redskins, as, as Faith mentioned, you know, there's, there's very little hope for that team. Um, let's get to the NFC North, which is so good. Uh, I, I don't think anyone can win this division with more than a 10-6 and six record. But the NFC North consists of the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers, and the Minnesota Vikings. So this division, I have the Vikings winning, and this was one of the hardest ones for me to pick because besides the Lions, these are all teams that I think are really, really good. So the Chicago Bears, they had a great season last year, but I just don't really see that happening this season, having a season just like they did last year. Mitch Trubinsky's obviously good, but I just don't think he's he's that good. And they have a lot of talent, but... There's, there's also a lot of what-ifs for me. Like, if the, the same people that performed last year are going to be able to do the same thing this year. So it's just, I don't know. I just don't think they're going to have the same year that they did last year. Um, the Lions, I don't see them having a playoff contending year. Matthew Stafford just, like, can't really seem to get it together. It's a really weird situation for me because I don't really know what's up with him. And they got a good receiver in Danny Amendola, but it seems like Matt Patricia just doesn't really know how to manage the team as of right now. Um... The Packers, I struggled not picking them because Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback and there's a lot of hype around him and I he's he is not better than Tom Brady. Agreed. But he is a good, good quarterback. Um, but they've had a few slow seasons and they obviously are talented, but Matt LaFleur and as the head coach and Aaron Rodgers, that combo just is like I don't they know. They haven't gotten along. Yeah, it doesn't seem good to Aaron me. Aaron Rodgers is already out in the media. Yeah. So, and then I have the Vikings winning because I really think they have incredible talent. They have a star corner um, in Xavier Rhodes, and they have a stellar defensive line uh, like Stephen Weatherly and a lot of other guys, Um, and a potentially extremely powerful offense. I mean, they have Dalvin Cook, who's coming out of an injury, and I think it's going to be a breakout year for him. He's finally healthy. I think he's going to be awesome. And then you have Adam Thielen and uh, Stephon Diggs. So those are two amazing receivers. And then Kirk Cousins is in his second season, so if he can just get a good like rapport with the wide receivers, I see them succeeding and winning the division. Yeah, I mean, it, it really, really makes me sick to say that I'm going to pick the Minnesota Vikings that is run by Kirk Cousins, um, but I am. Um, I'm pretty shocked you actually agreed with me. I thought for sure you were going Green Bay, Faith. But... I mean, Kirk Cousins does have great weapons. You can't argue with that. Obviously, the the only thing holding them back is Kirk Cousins himself. The reason I didn't pick Green Bay is I don't think that Aaron Rodgers has been respectful to his new coach. He's publicly undermining him already. Um, and I just I think that, that that's a recipe for disaster. He he has a history of getting, you know, getting coaches thrown out of town. And uh, again, the Chicago Bears, they have a good defense, good offense. Mitchell Trubisky is is not not too much of a passer, more of a runner, which it concerns me a little bit. Matt Nagy did a good job last year, but they have the hardest schedule in the league, according to CBS's advanced analytics. Um, and I just see it would be a tough road to the playoffs because they're playing a first-place schedule like that. Let's get to the NFC South, which consists of the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Faith, who do you have winning that division? I have the Saints winning this year. And... Uh... So the Falcons are obviously a good team. They have Matt Ryan. They have great talent on the team. 
Um, same with the Panthers. I think the Panthers are a great team. The Bucks, I don't think are very good. I mean, James Winston, I think he's still coming out of his shell. I think he eventually in the next couple of years he could he could get something going. They have a new coach. I but I just don't see this being their year. Um Cam Newton's coming off an injury. He also just hurt his foot. I don't know. There's a lot of what ifs in in Carolina. Um and then the Falcons the Falcons was so weird last year. They like they just weren't good, and it was really weird to watch because it just didn't really make sense. They had they had all the talent, and I I don't know. There's just nothing to show me that they're gonna like win the division over the Saints, who haven't lost much, and they still have Michael Thomas. They still have Alvin Kamara. All they really lost was Mark Ingram, and Kamara's clearly better than him. And they still have Drew Brees. So I am gonna take them to win this division. Okay. This is going to be controversial, but I am not taking the Saints. I am going to take the Atlanta Falcons. And let me explain to you why. I do not think that the New Orleans Saints are over the NFC Championship loss. And in interviews, it's clear they're not. I think it's going to continue to linger in their minds and haunt them. Also, I don't see Michael Thomas living up to that $20 million, $20 million per five-year contract, $100 million in total. Um, they did lose Mark Ingram. And, you know, I just, I don't see it happening. Uh, Also, you know, Julio Jones and uh, Mohamed Sanu and Calvin Ridley, that's a great receiving core. And the Carolina Panthers, you know, Cam Newton's already hurt. So that's, that's not something that I can pick as a division winner. Really undermining the Saints here. Yeah, I mean, I just, I look, I look at what they're saying and it's not out of their heads yet. Okay, the final division. Let's look at the NFC West which consists of the Arizona Cardinals, the Los Angeles Rams, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Seattle Seahawks. All right, so I picked the Los Angeles Rams. Big surprise Um, there. (laughs) The Cardinals are definitely building something good for the future. And if Kyler lives up to expectations, I really see them having a good season coming up in the next couple years. Um, It's definitely not going to happen this year. I it's just it's just it's not gonna a bit happen. Bit of a shame that Larry Fitzgerald is probably gonna retire without a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, but you know what? But that's part of my point. I mean, these rece- the new receivers they got. They have Andy Isabella. They got a couple other guys. Um, I know one of them just got hurt. One of their new receivers, but they have Larry Fitzgerald who can mentor these guys. And if Kyler Murray lives up to expectations, like I said, I see them being good in the future. Just definitely not this year. Um, the Forty ers Jimmy G is is honestly. Even though he doesn't look great right now, he's probably going to have a good a good season. But they haven't really got the glue to really hold it all together. It just seems incomplete to me. And I think Nick Bosa was a good draft choice. And I think they have potential with different skill positions. It's just a still what if because really none of them have proven themselves. And then the Seahawks, I think, will put up a good fight. Um, they solidified Wilson uh, and Bobby Wagner for a strong future. And they have decent receivers, but I just don't see them winning um against the Rams with the Rams in this division. They didn't really change much in the off season. They had a they had a great season to build off last year, which they in their case unfortunately, but to me, very happily lost the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Um and I do see Sean McVay uh being a really good coach in his future. So I have them winning. Yeah, I mean I have I have the Rams winning too. Um I, I, the only team I really see challenging them would be Seattle, yep. uh, Arizona. I, I agree they're they're building something special. Andy Isabella, former UMass alum, 
Uh, shout out to him. But, you know, the only team I can really feasibly see challenging is Seattle. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, I would have, if Jimmy Garoppolo had been healthy, I think I would be sitting here today picking the San Francisco 49ers to win this division. But, I mean, I, I can't, off of, you know, a few games and off of that preseason performance in week two, I, I can't say that they're going to win this division. Um, it, it will be very difficult to pick against Sean McVay and Jared Goff. Okay, so Faith, let's just wrap this up. So we both picked the Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Houston Texans, and the Kansas City Chiefs to come out of the AFC. We picked the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings to come out of the NFC. I picked Atlanta, you picked New Orleans, and we both picked the LA Rams. All right. So this is so surprising to me because yeah, neither of us too. knew who we picked, and I actually really thought we'd disagree on more of that. I, so. I can't believe you picked Minnesota, but looking at this AFC, how are you supposed to pick against the Patriots? How are you supposed to pick against Pittsburgh? Maybe, maybe if you go out on a limb, you can pick Baltimore, but they don't have a quarterback that can effectively <laughs> pass. How are you supposed to pick against Houston when Andrew Luck just retired? And how are you supposed to pick against Kansas City? Maybe the Chargers, but that's going out on a limb. These divisions in the AFC, for the most part, suck. I don't see how we could have had different different opinions. The Eagles, we agree on. We don't want them to win. I want to see Dallas win. But again, Jerry Jones is running his mouth. The Giants suck, and the Redskins suck. How? And then, you know, we, we um, that was our one deviation with, with Atlanta and New Orleans. How are we supposed to pick against the Rams? The Seattle Seahawks... Their defense has only downgraded. Russell Wilson got a huge contract, and Pete Carroll is Pete Carroll. And he passed the ball on the one-yard line. So how are we supposed to how are we supposed to pick them? You know. I know there were just a couple. Like I really could see a case of like Seattle against LA. So I didn't know if you were gonna have something like that. And I really didn't know maybe like I actually really see a good case for the Ravens, but I ended up going with the Steelers. So I was just surprised that we had. Almost all of them similar. But again, how can you win that AFC North without a quarterback that can pass? He's working on it. He Oh, he's working on it, but that doesn't mean you can pick. All right, all right. Okay, let's wrap it up for today. So thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you all for tuning in to Laser Focus Football presented by Guy Boston Sports. We'll be back next Wednesday to talk about meaningful football. Let's, let's go! go!